So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, all right. Uh, welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Build a microwave, semicolon. Jellery. Jellery. I think and this other... is an other, so I think the pre- correct word for this is neologism. Neologism? Oh, where you make a new word out of other words. Yeah, or just, it's usually just like a relatively recent or isolated term, word or phrase that may be in the process of entering common use. Well, this is real early days. I don't know if I've ever heard somebody use the word jelly, but that was my my stumbled into word when we were having that text when I yes. decided that it meant uh, celery and jelly. Yes, or like, yeah, gel- jelly is jelly made out of celery. It would oh. be like a savory jello, like a t- <laughs> nice. jelly, like a tomato jam. Oh, okay, jelly. I was imagining basically like ants on a log, except instead of peanut butter, it's jam. but i i'm down um either way i mean let's be Ah. honest like most neologisms like their definition skews a lot by the time they probably make it into the mass usage i'm sure like you know what they originally started as um sure yeah so so um i had a couple of things that i promised i would share oh yeah let's do that Um, let's get all the homework out of the way we got um we got some lovely mail from a friend of mine um and fan of the show apparently and fan of the show i didn't ask if i should say his name over the we won't for now it's fine he or she or they or whoever that that person is will know who they are especially in the context uh the the comment Mm -hmm. um was about the about sandwiches so we had we had spoken about sandwiches yeah and uh, the open face sandwich episode specifically um and and empanada is a type of sandwich but specifically that sandwich itself has the quality of the bread being baked after being loaded with ingredients according to my friend and um while i had never considered this before uh He's absolutely right. The The bread of the sandwich is not cooked until you make the whole thing, which is amazing because no, at usually no other time would you put things onto raw bread dough except for pizza. Well, okay. Calzones. I like, I, yes. Um, so the point being here, and yes. I don't want to lose this because I'll like veer off onto some other thought of my own in a second the timing of the dough baking process may be helpful for categorizing sandwiches and would therefore apply to pizza right um i think this is so uh, (laughs) sorry my brain i'm so tired okay so i have a bunch of thoughts but the thing i thought about was that um one is that that fits well into this episode which we're basically talking about um designing words right like we're a design podcast we always right. talk about design. We never get away from that. We never, um, ever, ever stray from the hardcore message of our podcast, which is all about design. <laughs> right. And art and art. Art and design. Right. Art and design. Um, yeah. And so I was thinking about 
Um, at some point, sandwich might have been kind of a neologism, right? And so the idea of like its definition skewing over time from whatever it was originally intended to apply to um, mm-hmm. is obviously a part of the problem of arguing about what what is and isn't a sandwich. Um, <clears throat> so I think this is a good one. The other yes. thing that I thought about was that um, I don't... So I've had like... When people have used the term empanada, sometimes mm-hmm. they mean like a sandwich. Like when they talk about empanadas, they're basically they mean like um, dough that's been cut open and then stuffing stuffed between it like a sandwich. Um, mm-hmm. Like as in, you know, a roll cut in half and then meat or, you know, fixings put in there. Um, yes. In the term of empanada as like a pasty or a pastry, fi- like a filled pastry or like a turnover or some kind of like um, something like that, then you know, like a calzone almost. Um, Although I think of like empanadas, I think traditionally I would think of empanadas as like savory pastry dough filled, like filled pastry dough with like, so like cheese is usually what I get in them. I get a cheese empanada from Chimborazo down the street. Yeah. But I do think, um, I think that uh, I read that email as well and I thought, wow, that was very insightful. And also um, way to add like a really particular, uh, like data point. So for instance, I don't know data point, like something to, to add to the argument, which is to say, um, when is the bread cooked and how does that influence the definition of a sandwich? Right. Um, and so I just think, <laughs> I think like that in an, in an, like I read that and I just was like, Oh fuck. Like that's like a whole new line of, of mm-hmm. reasoning and, argument and um because it also you know like in the realm of like so for instance if you were to accept that um a sandwich could also be defined as something where the bread was cooked after the fillings were added um Mm -hmm. then it opens up a whole other avenue and then if you're in the camp of like an open-faced sandwich is still a sandwich i mean partly just because it's in the name and i think we've settled that um if it's an open-faced sandwich it has to be a sandwich by definition of having the word sandwich in it but maybe not maybe it's a faux sandwich that it's like the mock turtle it has turtle in it but it's not actually a turtle um (laughs) yes yeah so i've undermined my own argument already anyway um My point being is like you can That's go what we're from here for we're doing really important work. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you, guys. you guys, you guys, you guys, this is really important. And so you can go from a <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which I think is undebatably and undeniably a sandwich, whether you sandwich, like them or yes. not, to yes, 100%. yeah, to a pizza that is mm-hmm. also still a sandwich. It's an open faced cooked sandwich. Yes. <laughs> I think this is absolutely true as well. Yeah. I think this is a very logical progression. Right. Right. Um, I think it's great. I was really delighted to get that email. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I look you. forward to more of our, our uh, more people listening and, and jumping in and participating. Right. Yeah. Um, this the There was another comment. Uh, yes. Another piece of um, interaction here. Uh, in the schadenfreude discussion. Oh, yeah. We were remiss because we omitted Ralphie from The Simpsons, who has the quintessential laugh of humor and schadenfreude, which is the ha Yes. <laughs> so if like, somebody else's shit gets fucked up, you're like, ha 
I agree with the person who sent this to me because as, as soon as they sent me the message and I read it, I was like, oh, shit, you're so right. You're so right. Like uh-huh. now in my own head, when somebody gets their comeuppance, I hear Ralphie laughing. I think you mean Nelson or Nelson. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, Ralphie is the one. Ralphie is the one that recently I watched an episode that laughed. It made me laugh so hard. He's like, it's a um, he's. Uh, Chief Wiggum's son and um, yes my cat's breath smells like cat food yeah and Ralphie recently had another really great line like they're giving book reports and I think Lisa's like you know worried about her book report book report or like they're doing some you know some report in front of class and yeah. the one the person who goes before Lisa was uh, Ralphie or uh, yeah Ralphie and he goes um, all the the line you really hear is like something something mittens and um or no, about his thumb. He's talking about his thumb. And then he goes, he goes, and it has its own room in my mittens. <laughs> Man, why is that so funny? I don't know. It's just adorable and hilarious and also just ridiculous. <laughs> seen like a handful of the episodes of the simpsons really yeah i just never i don't i never have really watched that much television yeah i i i go in and out but i have like i have moments in my life where i i have binged i guess like where i've been Mm -hmm. watching it a lot um i don't know why i never got into it because um it's been around as long as i can remember being alive and it's also like really funny so i don't know it's like some of it is really sharp um and i enjoy the humor it's there's like a ton of um didn't we research this it ends up that it turns out that there's like a bunch of philosophy and math majors who are on their like yes. writing team well they do um it so there's definitely i think in the last couple of years they've done a really good job of recruiting really really good writers um okay. like the last i'd say like the last four seasons have just been hilariously good um, mm. And I yeah, I haven't watched them all, but I the ones that I've caught and I've just felt like I feel like between like 2016 and now it's just been on fire. Um, wow. And like Good. relevant okay. again and like hilarious because there was a point where um, like they basically every single character in the town had multiple story arcs at some point, like, you know, full wow. full episodes and things. So it's just like. Um, I mean, the show is so old now. It's uh, it started in 1990, so it's it's hitting 30. Um, yeah. No, not 1990. It's, it started. It's it's older than that. It's older than that. When I was in second grade, I was either seven or eight years old, depending on when in the year you counted. And that year, I think one of us, me or my brother, gave my dad a Simpsons T-shirt for Christmas. Yeah. So I was eight when that happened. <laughs> and that would have been 1988. Yeah. Nope. 89. It would have been 80. Yeah. Well, no, because I was born in 79, so I turn I turn a year older every November. Yeah. Which means that by Christmas, if I was 8, that was 1987. Yeah, but at Christmas. I- I'm looking on the Wikipedia article and my understanding is that it started in 1989. Are you telling me my childhood memories are bullshit? No. No. Never. It's entirely possible that I was in 3rd grade that year. Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> and I was actually 9. So, the there was, I mean, by 1987, 
the tr- mm-hmm. there were shorts on part of the Tracy Ullman show or something. Yes. So it's not okay. like it debuted December seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. Um, okay, then I was in third grade. Yeah, so that wasn't a great year. That wasn't a great year at all. I did beat Joe Jacobson at times tables, speed times tables, speed math. That's all that matters. Let's That's be all that matters. So it yep. was, it was, a, crowning, tra- it was that, a crowning achievement of your life. Yes. His dad was a manager at the Cub Foods, which is a giant grocery store in town, uh-huh. which subsequent to that, uh, like there being a grocery store there, there was a murder and they like put the body in the trunk of a car and parked the car at that Cub Foods. Crazy. That happened when I was like a teenager. Nuts. I know. And the person who they had in the trunk, yeah. I know this, this is like insider information. They didn't tell this to the public. The person inside of the trunk had been killed by being like bludgeoned to death. Oh. Like, and so like how they were killed is they put their head in a plastic bag and then they like banged them in the head until their head like fell apart inside the bag. Oh, oh. Crazy, right? Yes. That was an FCBM like side sh- offshoot if I, if there ever was one. Right. Okay, so re- rewinding from the smashed head dead body in the trunk of the car outside of the Cub Foods with Joe Jacobson's dad managed. Joe yeah. Jacobson, the year that I beat him in times tables in third grade, uh-huh. um, also tried to convince the class that he was part lizard because he had really scaly legs in the wintertime when his skin was dry. Oh, nice. And I think some people believed him. Oh, that's that ridiculous. That was also the year that we got taught about Ryan White and how you can't get AIDS from a toilet seat. Oh, wow. Ryan White was the kid who became a poster child for the AIDS movement because he didn't do anything that could be questionably morally reprehensible that's in right. order to yes. become infected with HIV. It was from a blood transfusion. Yeah. And so he became the like safe person to talk about when it comes to like hygiene around HIV. Yes. Remember? Yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> what do we need here? We can't talk about gay men and penises. We need a white kid, a sick white kid. <laughs> right? God. Bing! <laughs> Here's Ryan White. Um, so yeah, that was third grade also. Anyway, so The Simpsons. Um, yeah. It's a great show. It's a yeah, great show. It's a great show. It's definitely really great. Um, and yes, about the ha-ha. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the Schadenfreude, I absolutely agree with that. Like uh, Nelson's Nelson's laugh is a hundred percent. Like that's he's there to punctuate, um, really exceptionally well. He does a really yes. good job of it. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. My did we talk about my favorite episode of The Simpsons? Even though I've only seen like a handful, and it was the one where there was a meteor coming towards the planet, and Lisa gets to go on the Mensa rocket that leaves the planet to save everybody, and they're like, "But Lisa, you can only take one parent with you." And before they can even get with you out, she's like, "Mom." <laughs> uh, yes, I forgot about that. It's so good. <laughs> now, Lisa, you have a very important decision to make. You can only take one person with you. Mom. <laughs> I we have talked about the Simpsons before because I think we talked about um the car episode designing the car. I can't remember what. Yes. But I'm sure we've talked about that um as being yep. like an important or a good example of like overdesign and insanity and anyway. Um yes. I don't remember. There was some I feel like we had stronger arguments for it. I'm mostly just running on I'm running on fumes these days so or well today. I shouldn't say these days. Like it's been, I've been doing pretty good, but just today is. <laughs> you had a long, you had a super long day that yeah. required lots of like thinking and being emotionally 
and like visibly present all day, which if you haven't done for a while. It was. Like, yeah, it was like, you know, I it was a late night last night for fun, which was cool. But um, and I didn't like we didn't drink a lot, but I was, you know, stayed up late. And then I um, but then this morning I had both an early meeting, which was like, you know, technical mumbo jumbo whatever whatever programmers do i don't know and um and then uh and then that like trade that, secret that yeah trade secret trade secret but if you know tell me um <laughs> and then we asking for a friend yeah and then we um and then immediately that shifted and segued to a zoom call with like 20 of my coworkers for the like the christmas party um which uh, they did a great job and i i was just bummed i was so tired for it like it was really fun we played a bunch of games and things and i just was so I, exhausted i was like what is happening to me right now i don't know here's a here's a tangent for christmas parties um the the super unethical membership association for compliance officers and ethics professionals that i uh-huh. worked for yes. for 9 years had a christmas party um like i think it was maybe it was like the day before christmas or like sometime that week um, but it was a like company party and we used to actually like go places because our company used to be pretty small when I worked there at first, the first half of the time that I worked there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the, t- <laughs> my, how did this happen? So my, my Saturn car blew up on the freeway, <laughs> um, because it had a coolant problem that I kept pointing out every time I took it in for service and nobody would believe me. And then one day, like the block cracked on the fucking freeway because it had a coolant problem nice. that nobody I mean, would do anything awful. about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I lost my Saturn car and my brother had this super old Toyota Celica that he was like, you can take it off my driveway. And I was like, okay, great. And I could barely drive it because it had like getting from first to second was terrible. Getting into first was fine. Getting from first to second was terrible. Mm -hmm. And I had to drive it in rush hour traffic if I was going to drive it anywhere. Otherwise, I didn't really need a car. And so it was like, this is awful. Well, anyway, we didn't have to drive it very much. Um, but this particular Christmas, it was the only vehicle we had because we hadn't gotten like a newer, less deadly car. Um, and I say deadly because it had like a hole in the floor somewhere and possibly in the exhaust. And anyway, if you drove it for very long, the cabin would fill up with like straight, straight up exhaust smoke. And so I don't think it was street legal. So (laughs) yeah, clearly not. Um, the, the windows had to be open. While you drove it uh-huh. so that you wouldn't like get poisoned. Yeah. Um, and that's usually fine unless you're going on a freeway, which we did that night or unless and or it's like really cold outside, which clearly it was. Um, it was also snowing like a motherfucker. And so the traffic was going really, really, really slow. So basically what we were doing is idling on the freeway with the windows down. But there wasn't, you know a whole lot it wasn't like a blizzard outside it was just heavy snow coming straight down and so we were sitting there kind of of like 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 hanging out of the Uh car as we drove and it was one of those things where we kept saying like well are people still coming like should we keep driving because we had to it was at a bowling alley um and there was one guy who worked on the west coast who flew in yeah for that party and so we were like no we'll just we'll just keep going and it was kind of like we passed the halfway point and then we might as well just keep going even though it was getting worse outside and i don't think we stayed very long because the snow was terrible but holy shit that 
that night, I feel like I probably felt the way that you feel right now, where I was like, I can't think straight after what we've just <laughs> right. been through, like inhaling exhaust fumes and like freezing cold for about an uh-huh. hour on the freeway just to get to the next suburb over. It was <laughs> not ideal. That was the last fun Christmas party we had. Oh, man. At that company. It, it was such a weird place yeah. to work. Um, yeah, well, it's funny because now there's like a, there's a bunch of us who are still friends who either still work there or have made their exit or are prompt, pro- presently in the process uh-huh. of making an exit maybe. And um, just because it's been, I mean, wow. If I had stayed working there, it would have been 15 years Holy now. I, I would have just rounded the corner to 15 years at that company. So there, we've known each other for a long time and people were there before I got there. So people are retiring. Yeah. They're, it's yeah. time to go. But um, yeah, <laughs> so funny. Um, I also saved a squirrel from a trash can nice. at that job. I saved a lot of animals from that building because there was like this big pit in front of the building that a little walkway was built over to get into the building and little animals would fall down there and then they couldn't get back out. So I was always crawling down there with a ladder to get in and out and like rescue them. That's fun. I mean, not for them, but you know, it's like rewarding. I think that's really what I yeah. mean. That's not fun. Um, there was a little squirrel that got stuck in the dumpster and he was trying to climb out the drainage oh, hole and his head yeah, fit out, but the then the rest of, of him yeah. wouldn't fit out. So I had to, I called the animal rescue and they were like, okay, just douse him in vegetable oil and give him a good yank backwards. Like he's going to be fine. He's going to squirm around a lot, but you're not going to like pull his head off. And I was like, okay. Uh-huh. And so I, I got him out, but I traumatized that poor little <laughs> buddy. Oh man. Oh, poor yeah. guy. He was okay, though. Yeah. He lived. But he was covered in olive oil. Crazy. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. It was a strange yeah. place. Everything about it was strange. Its location was yeah. strange. Um, the building itself, architecturally, is very strange. Yeah. Like, uh, it had a, a second floor, but no first floor, really. Like, it, the second floor extended out on these posts. So there was this floating building over either side where there was a parking oh, ramp it was really weird. weird a lot yeah. of them like that it's like a building on stairs. yeah yeah um and then there was like a central stairwell and like some offices on the main floor but not as extensive as the upper floor um anyway the building was built and then this company bought it and there was no insulation over the parking areas so the f- we took temperature at the floor level where our feet were on the second floor and it was 34 degrees <laughs> holy shit that is cold. Yeah, and they didn't put any insulation in for like the first three years that I worked there uh, because they kept complaining about how expensive uh-huh. it was. And then everybody just kept coming to work in their pajamas and they were like, stop wearing pajamas and you can't use space heaters because the like, it's yes, a fire hazard. Right. And basically everybody's like, we quit. Right, you right. Know? Then no. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Insulate the goddamn uh-huh. building. It's so ridiculous. That is nuts. I, I've worked in some weird places. I one time worked in a place where like, one of my first jobs, like one of my first salary jobs. Um, like I get there, I'd like moved cross country to go there and I get there and it was literally like my desk was in a hallway with three other people. And I don't mean like, uh, like literally just a hallway. It's like there were, there were three (laughs) offices, three, two, there were two offices off the side of this hallway and, um, and they were big offices and one of them was like used by one of the like company owners or whatever. And, um, and it was like hoarders buried alive in there with just like piles of like, 
like research material and things and like i mean it was like whatever but the other room was like that but no one was in it and i was like and so there's three of us in the fucking hallway and i was like this is insane and because i was like young and also didn't give a fuck where other people there were like you know gave a shit about working and like or not about work like i cared about working but they gave a shit about like keeping this job and making sure they didn't you know piss anybody off or whatever and i just was like this is insane i'm cleaning out that office and so i just went in there and started cleaning it (laughs) and um the owner came by to see me and he was like well i yeah i think this is a good idea but uh don't throw away anything that's important and i was like I'm I'm like nodding my head like absolutely I would never do that but I'm just it's like none mm-hmm. of it's important it's just it was literally like stacks yeah. and stacks of like 10 year old like order uh, like you know industrial order form catalog or order catalogs right for like mm-hmm. industrial equipment like you know it was yeah. I was my job was uh, a robotics uh like basically my job was like retrofitting automated manufacturing for the company. And so I was basically like, I mean, a, I knew what I was doing and I was looking at all this shit and I'm like a hundred percent of this is online and a hundred percent of these things in these catalogs are out of date. So these catalogs, yeah, there's, so there's no point. No and like, keep. there was like one catalog he saw me throwing away. He's like, Oh, I just, that, those are so hard to get. And I was like, no, no, Harder. they're not watch. And I like walked over to the internet or to the internet, walked over to the computer and I was like, like boop boop and then i showed him he's like i don't know so like that one catalog like sat like i basically was like okay no problem and i like brought it into his desk and put it in the corner and i was like here he's Mm -hmm. like okay all right and i just added it to the other pile in his office and i was like whatever um (laughs) here's yeah but i cleaned out that i cleaned out that office space and then i moved i moved in there because i was like well you like there were two people in the in the hall and the one guy was pissed he was like some phd he was like supposed to be doing research and he just sat there and played solitaire all day long and um he like he was like i don't get why ned gets an office and i was like well oh like it's how long have you been here that you haven't just moved in there like what's going on here and um yeah and then i did the thing that like really like clinched it for me was like before anybody could say anything i invited my other coworker who i was getting to know who like managed the lab next to me and i was like hey like you should come in here too. She's like, are you sure? Like you need a lot of space. I was like, there's so much space in there. Just put your desk in here. We'll be great. It'll be super nice. So she was like super yeah. happy. And then because there were two of us in there, it was like much harder to kick. It was like harder <laughs> to justify moving us both out. So the guy who sat in the corner of the hall doing nothing could have an office. And so um, I think he was pretty pissed about it, but also like a little bit, I think he a little bit like respected the fact that I didn't give a fuck. Like he's like, I don't know. I don't want to lose this job. I just like, I don't have to do anything. So I think he just kind of shut up at some point, but, um, Oh God. Yeah. I mean, I also quit. I literally quit that job. I think it's like one of the only jobs I quit. I quit that job like after a year because it was just, I was losing my mind. I was so stressed out about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, are we doing a full episode or are we doing a short? Well, uh i mean i don't know we could i like i could ramble on forever we could call it a short river yeah. i could too i could too i just need to plug my computer in so i might have to pause us yeah because i'm i'm not using my regular computer and i forgot to bring the other cord here with me because that's they don't have interchangeable cords of course they don't of, of course, course they, they don't. don't okay if you want to pause i'm i'm ready when you are Otherwise, you can you can keep telling a story, just and then in a few <laughs> seconds, I'll just pop back on and be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. uh-huh. tell let's me more. Let's try that. Um, 
<laughs> okay, here I go. Okay, right all right. So yeah, so that job, um, I after I quit that job, it was funny. I I ended up like taking a job with another company like in the building that was renting space, like like subletting some space, and I just sort of jumped ship, um, which was a weird thing, but it worked out pretty well. And then that other job just just was amazing. Like if you've ever worked in a place like when you first start a job when you're young, like you don't realize like how good and bad it can be and so you just end up like stepping into a job which is just awful and you're like i guess this is good and they are they tell you they're giving you all this money and you have no concept of like what's a lot of money because you're um you know it's the first time you've ever worked someplace for like you know the first time i think i think uh-huh. like it was the first time i'd ever been paid thirty thousand dollars a year and to my mind it was so much money and then when i actually went to go nice. try and live on it i was like wow we can't even afford like my girlfriend and I had to like, like she had to work two jobs and I was working this one job and I was like, how the fuck did I? So I got a rate like I basically demanded a raise right away, um, which helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And then so then we could at least afford to. I mean, the other fucked up thing about that situation was like we were literally living with the boss because he was a friend of a friend of like a family of the of my girlfriend's family. And so we're literally like living with him. And then he's yeah. like paying me not enough like we couldn't afford to move out of his house and i was just like this is insane. and he was like driving me to work in the morning so i was literally going at like you know 7 30 in the morning leave the house not get back until eight or nine o'clock at night because he's the boss and he just stays there all day and he's my ride and like That's he so expect horrible. you know i was just like this is nuts so uh how long did you do i did that? that uh for just about a year and then i i quit and then like i was telling um the other listeners not you because you weren't here i mean you were here the whole time but if you remember i was basically saying that i jumped ship to another job um to a company that worked in the same building that was subletting and that Ah. worked out really well um yeah but i was also saying how it's funny when you when you're young and you don't have a lot of um it's not even young when you're new to a thing like if you're new to a job or you're new to like working in a particular field and you don't really have a concept of what is what what's acceptable then you're kind of you don't realize like how bad it actually is and it took about Mm -hmm. a year for me to really realize like holy shit this is terrible and the new company i worked for was you know in on par with the rest of my jobs that i've had in my life was perfectly fine like it wasn't amazing or worse or terrible like i liked the people i worked with it was a perfectly great job um but i didn't realize that like actually bad jobs you need to just walk away like as soon as there's something that's like you know making you realize like this is just too stressful you just have to walk away because it's not yeah it's not worth it um i mean if you can like yeah. that's the fucked up thing about our economy right like we live in a world where it's like you often don't have the i was luxury just of that. thinking about this today yeah. Like, like I was, I was cruising around in downtown Minneapolis, going in circles, looking for fucking BMO Harris. Uh-huh. Oh God. The second I have a minute to breathe, I am getting my mortgage away from those people and into the hands of a different financial institution. Um, the, as I was cruising around looking for that bank today, I was thinking about how you would hope that you can encourage people like okay so i was thinking of the peer review process or just like a fail-safe process where a bunch of people all look at the same thing from different angles and all agree that they're looking at the same thing before you it's passed to go on to the next stage or like whatever next Uh phase you know 
So like you're having like a collaborative review process, which is only possible if you work in an environment where you're not in direct competition with everybody else around you. And it's not a zero sum game where your failure is their advantage and then they get a promotion in front of you. Right. So you'd have to change the entire working culture for most people's environments in order to have like a really I was thinking about safety culture, but like you can't really do that because um, it's such a rat race that any. Any stumble that you have gives somebody who's coming up behind you an advantage and they will run you over because they have to. And so the idea of like only doing things that you feel comfortable and want to contribute to so that the critical process or the critique process isn't like a personal attack against your ability to perform your job, like to get to that point would take so much and it's only possible in a totally different paradigm than mm-hmm. what we have now, right. which is essentially like your whole life is tied to your job, yeah. like your insurance and your ability to eat and like your ability to have a place to live. It's all tied and in the hands of like in some cases, one person who it, at that point it comes down to it being a popularity contest and not really a uh, like performance yeah. thing. In some cases, in most cases, so, I think. I mean, I mean uh, well, it, yeah. Like or you, you need could to be, be doing a really you need amazing to be job. Ad- as long as you're adequate at your job, your popularity will win out out over a lot of other people. Because right. as long as they can justify right. that you can do the job, then they don't care that someone else is better at it than you. They care that they like you or that other person over you. Uh-huh. So, um, yes, and so yeah, it needs to be. You must be like good enough at your job that they can either let you keep doing it or cover up how bad you are successfully in order to just keep you around. So if you're proficient, then that's some insurance, but if they don't like you, then it doesn't matter how proficient you are. Right. Right. Um, I mean, that's generally, I think the case for most things, I'm sure there are like extreme outliers or something where it's like, you know, um, but also like, anyway, I was just thinking about, um, to kind of bring it back to the, uh, to the designing words or neologisms or whatever the hell this episode is all about. Um, I mm-hmm. was just remembering. So there's this word can't C A N T without the apostrophe mm-hmm. means something entirely different. Um, which is, yes. I, I remember when I was a kid learning about this and I just thought it was really fascinating and I had wished that I had someone to develop or be in it. Like it's definitely kind of an exclusive, exclusionary exclusionary practice in a way because it's about creating like an in-group and an out-group but um Mm. but can'ts or or, or can't is basically used by um usually by subcultures to communicate um without outsiders understanding it's sort of like um Ah. it's sort of like um what's it called like creole um but it's not quite as extreme or it's more extreme and less widespread right so Mm. oftentimes it's made up of words that are in the language that everybody speaks um but they're speaking in double meaning right so like they're using words that mean different things within their subculture and their group um yes and i just think it's a it's a really fascinating um kind of thing that's kind of I don't know that I've ever seen it in person or experienced it in person. Um, but do you have any? Well, okay. So if, if you've read a clockwork orange, um, then Mm -hmm. the main character speaks an anti-language called NADSAT. Um, 
And so it's, I would say it's a kind of can't, you know, when he talks about, he's mm-hmm. like referring to things like my brothers, which are his legs and things like that, where it's like, they are, um, uh, or like he talks about his droogs. Um, yes, that's what I was yeah, going to say. And so, uh, it's what it is, is it's basically, um, it's kind of like, you know, that's a kind of example of what you might say is kind of a can't, like he has that language that he shares with his peers. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it's also kind of like, you could think about like Hockney rhyme, rhyming slang is a kind of can't in some ways. Um, especially mm. like, I think part of it is it's, it's fundamentally around the idea of basically some group of people using it to mislead or exclude listeners or other people who are not part of that group. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of it is kind of a fascinating thing. Um, like I've definitely heard Creole, which is really it's amazing and bizarre and super fun to listen to. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's all kinds of interesting. I like uh, I really like languages that um, sort of blend other languages together like they're like uh, border border languages like borderline they're mm-hmm. on borderline yeah yeah i also think it's really awesome when people who are multilingual um just like switch back and forth between yes yeah languages and so depending on who they're talking to like it doesn't like i don't know how to describe this in like accurate terms because i didn't study enough linguistics but yeah like uh it's interesting um, because I learned how to think differently about language. Like I used to be fluent in French um, and over time I've just lost the ability to speak it and sound like I know what I'm talking uh-huh. about. Um, and it was super easy for me conceptually recently to think about using different words in different languages for the same things but that wasn't how that isn't how i used to think about it when i was learning french to begin with uh-huh. like something about something about how i think about language like a switch flipped or something when i started to make new neurological connections after my brain infection like i started i think about it differently oh, like now i don't know how right, to describe like it's it. made it's connected differently or somehow you've had to yeah, like how I think about the process of speaking another language is like radically different than how I thought about it when I was learning another language. Right, right. That's interesting. That's kind of cool. And I suppose some of that could come down to the way that it was taught too. Yeah. But I, I can't verify that right. now. I mean, I right. don't know. Um, I mean, I think there's also something to be said about um, like – the passage of time and the effect that has on the way that you think about things like as they move into more deeper memory. Mm. And, um, I mean, I don't know. That's been kind of my, my experience. I think as I've gotten older and time has moved on, I've been Mm -hmm. kind of like, Oh, some of those things that I like thought about one way, I can't think of anything off the top of my head other than just what, like it made me think about how I think I think a little bit differently now about a lot yeah. of stuff so yeah yeah interesting yeah. i have uh i have a funny story about that French oh please class. now that i think yeah. about it um so when i was a junior uh-huh. and the other kids in my french class were seniors um a 
a kid that I used to, my mom used to babysit like way back in the day. She and I were in the same French class and like we went on a trip. I have photos of us in Paris together. It's super funny. Oh, that's funny. Um, Yeah. And so she and I teamed up and did like this project and we, we were doing, well, I got to French six by the time I graduated high school because I would learn, I would study it over the summertime and like test out of it. And so by the time I got to French six in actual like class, there weren't that many kids who were that far educated into speaking another language in high school. And so um, there were a couple of us that had skipped ahead and we did these big class projects. Like we did one where we did um, like class reports on regions in France and we spoke for like a half hour in straight French the whole time. Like we weren't allowed to speak English in class. And so um, one of the projects that we did had to do with like food and like, oh, you're going to make recipes and like explain them to your classmates in French and stuff like that. So we made these apple like sliced deep fried apple candied apple fritters that were like amazing they were so good and everybody loved them and we brought them in and we shared them the next day like so we made them the night before and shared them the next day and everybody loved them and then um we promptly forgot about them in the back of the classroom like forever Uh um and like we all had to do journaling in class so that our teacher could kind of keep track of like how well are your composition skills and things like that and are you progressing and so we all had kind of like diaries that we we keep and describe what we were doing in class in French and then she would keep them in the back of the room and those kind of like all got just piled up on top of this container that had the apple fritters in it um and then I think we went on like vacation for Christmas or something like that Uh and so when we came back that stuff had been sitting in a sealed container in a like oh, God. for like <laughs> three weeks or something uh-huh. like that. And it was airtight, of uh-huh. course. <laughs> so we got back to class and we were like, <gasps> the apple fritters. Oh, uh-huh. God. And we were like, it's cool. We'll just take the box of them down to the bathroom and dump them in a toilet and flush and, it. Yeah. So that's what we tried uh-huh. to do. <clears throat> so we walked out the classroom. Our our high school was a really long, narrow building with three floors stacked on top of each okay. other. And there were classrooms off to the right side, the north side of the building, which was freezing cold all of yeah. the time. And then there were <clears throat> there were classrooms off to the south side of the building which received full sun all day on a set of full windows. It was the only windows in the whole school and they were just in the hallway. So once you were in the classroom, you couldn't see outside anymore. But the classrooms on that side of the building were super hot and there was the building was just dumb. There was nothing you could do about it. it nothing made it better or worse. Um, and so they just sat in there and like festered on that back counter oh, God. for like weeks. So we went to the bathroom uh-huh. and I was like, maybe we should like, we could probably just dump them in the toilet, right? Like they're not like solid. It's not like chicken bones that are going to clog a p- pipe or something. Oh no. Um, and Katie was like, right. And so she went and like, oh God, she tried to like open it up to just see what was going oh, on no. in there. And she like freaked out right away. And I was like, oh, my God, you're such a baby. Like, let's just go. And so um, like there was a group of kids who came with us because anything was entertainment. Yes. Yeah. 
and it smelled really, really bad, but I didn't smell it. And I was like, you are like way fucking overreacting. So the two of us like marched down the hallway and we've got like a little parade of people coming behind us to see what the outcome is. And we all pile into the bathroom and we go into the handicap skull because it's the big one and you can fit a bunch of people yeah. in there. And so we all crowd in and Katie was like freaking out. She's like, this is going to be so terrible. And I was like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. If you're that like crazy about it she's like i'm not touching this stuff with my hands like i what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna rip the lid off like somebody else has to pull the lid off so i can hold it with two hands and then i'm just gonna use pivot my rear hand over my front hand and like dump it from the back end like a dump truck right in the toilet and then we're gonna slam the lid back Uh on it as soon as possible and i was like i really think you're making too big a deal about this but i i'm down and so we went in and she stood in front of the toilet and extended her hand so that the like baking pan was hovering over the toilet. Yeah. Put the seat up. Yeah. My job was to rip off the lid and flush the toilet, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. And in fact, I think it may have been just to flush the toilet because I think a, a third party h- had the lid ripping responsibility so there was basically step one rip off the lid step number two dump the stuff step number three flush and do and then step number four put the lid back on and do these basically simultaneously if possible okay because we wanted to limit our exposure that much and so uh we count to three and like uh, a bunch of people are crowded around like what's gonna happen and the the lid gets ripped off and the person who rips the lid spins around super fast like two of what you know spins away from like pivots away from the now open container uh-huh, uh-huh. uh i'm watching the container itself to make sure that as soon as the stuff hits the water i can flush uh-huh and the lid comes off and like if it was a cartoon there would have been like a green cloud of stink in the shape of like a skull and crossbones. It was like Uh the grossest thing I've ever smelled. And it wasn't even gross like, oh, it smells like something died in here. It was gross like, oh my God, this is anaerobic. Yeah, just. Biological process. Our eyes were watering. It burned so bad. And everybody's like, ah! Uh (laughs) The dump happens. It dumps. It splashes everywhere. The the person with the lid is spinning around in circles. The lid goes back on. And I like kicked the plunger on the toilet. And like the the flush. I just kicked it. And I was like, ow! And everybody like runs out of the bathroom (laughs) shrieking. The smell was horrible. It had liquefied. Right. Like there wasn't, there wasn't solid slices of apple. It was just like, tons of sugar and like deep fried fats that had like gone rancid and then all that sugar just probably fed a whole ton of stuff it was so bad it was i think without a doubt it was the worst thing i've ever smelled oh man yeah starches can be like kind of kind of awful i mean rotting meat's not great but um oh that is a good story though that is pretty funny oh my god (laughs) oh and that was the same bathroom that like a bird pooped on eric's head and then we had to wash his hair in the sink for him because he couldn't turn his head because he had fallen asleep (laughs) after he hit the snooze alarm on his alarm clock Uh, and then he uh, got like a bad crick in his neck and he was like his head was perma turned to one side Uh (laughs) uh-huh and a bird pooped on him he's like did that bird just poop on me yep that's fantastic 
I mean, it's awful. Yep, it's too. a bummer, but again, a parade of children. Yep, yeah, a parade of teenage children right, wandering into a building in basically single file. There's like nothing else going on. You're just now. like, oh my god, I have to go see this. What's happening? Yeah, so yeah. great. Totally. <laughs> so funny. Oh my god, that high yeah. school. Yeah, we. Uh, we had a lot of fun there because they had a big stage and like uh, I was friends with all the drama kids, even though I didn't act in plays. I just like built stuff for the. Yeah. Yeah. Hung around. I was the bad influence. So you were you were in stagecraft, basically. Basically, yeah, we did yeah. like set 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 making. Yeah. Painting stuff, making stuff on big wheels. That's fun. Yeah. Oh, um, speaking of stuff yes. on wheels. Yes. Here's another. uh sidetrack um so we got this Uh-oh. sauna for the house right yes <clears throat> um but the sauna is too big for the house uh, and so we're taking the house apart to fit the sauna in it nice and That's i fantastic. think we'll actually be done with this process by the end of the florida day xmas weekend oh cool just in time yes the problem <clears throat> the problem that we have found is that uh, most of the sauna fits in the house, but the two <coughs> remaining large panels... <clears throat> God, I've got the space heater on, and I'm getting, like, froggy again. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> um, it's, like, really cold here right now, and so I've got this heater blasting me in the face. <laughs> um, so the sauna, all of the pieces fit into the house and down the stairs and into the basement where it's going to yeah. live, um, except the last two, one of which has a really heavy glass door on it. So we're going to take the door off, but that only helps us weight-wise. It doesn't help us with the fact that we're trying to put something through an opening that is much too small for it to go through. And so uh, the places where we're getting hung up are the the 90-degree angle, if you will, um, that comprises the ceiling over the stairs to the basement and the top stair itself that distance is too short for us to fit the sauna through so the only solution here is to take out the stairs but once we do that that only solves part of the problem because the top stair aka the landing of the main floor of the house is actually also in the way and so we're going to have to take up the floorboards in the back of the house which we're doing now, but we realized that this is a super dumb project to have to put everything back together the way it started. And so, because we are notoriously resourceful people who over-engineer everything, the stairs will now be on casters and they will roll away from the main floor of the house into the basement and then they will roll back and be locked in place and then have big lag bolts that attach them to the main Uh floor, which itself is being replaced with a trap door. Nice. So when you walk in the back hall, if you go in and go straight up the stairs into the house, you'll be on solid ground. If you go to the right, you can pull up a trapdoor and push the stairs away and jump down in the basement. That's awesome. Isn't that yes. fun? <gasps> trapdoor. Trap That's pretty great. Yeah. And we knocked off a bunch of walls that were attached to the stairs that have to go uh-huh. away. Um, and so now we can see into the basement from the main floor because it's kind of like they're switchback stairs. It's partially underground and partially yeah. above ground where you enter the house. Oh, the yeah, back. yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> so, uh, you only have to go down like half of a flight of stairs to get all the way into the basement. Um, and there's like a little knee wall under like where the bathroom is ends which is at like waist height if you're standing in the back hall and where the basement begins which is at like foot height 
when you're standing there. And between the bottom of the tub and the top of the basement, there's like this big space that was just a straight sheer wall. And we're like, we don't even need that wall. So we're going to take the transom window that I pulled off of the strange little storage murder room in the basement. And we're going to paint the window panes with like cute paint or whatever and hang that. And so then you'll just be able to see into the basement. That's cool. Yeah. We're remodeling the house. We also found the foundation. Oh, good. That's important. We tried to take out, yeah, we tried to take out a part of the back wall and we were like, we were only mildly successful because as we worked down the wall that we were trying to remove, we ran into the foundation. It was really weird. It's like, I knew that there was part of a foundation there, but I didn't realize how they had constructed it. Like they're hollow, giant cinder blocks. And then they like fill those with additional concrete and then on top of that, they frame it in with wood and then pour the concrete in through that. So as the concrete fills upwards, <clears throat> it fills the cinder blocks first and those comprise the foundation wall. And then beyond that, they fill in the wooden box that they've built, which is about like knee high on the exterior yeah. wall. And so they built like a knee wall and a little ledge in the back hallway. But we were like, oh, this takes up so much room and it's so stupid. So <laughs> now that we've excavated it and we find out why Do they it's call there, those pony we're walls. To, like, maybe. Anyway, sorry. Pony yeah. wall. I'm going to now I that I like it more if that's true. I think that's right. <laughs> we're going to call it a pony yeah. wall. So we're going to trim off some of the masonry that doesn't do anything on the inside of the house where it juts out into the back hallway, which is not something that is going to like compromise the house at all. It's just also not something that people who are in a hurry to build a bunch of houses would ever take the time to do because you're just going to frame it in and cover it up with a bunch of wood and plaster over it anyway, right? Except we're not doing that. So anyway, we've got all these house projects, all these house projects. And, um, you know, by the time we finally get that sauna in the house, there's going to be so little left of the house. We're just going to have to live in the sauna. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that'll suit you just fine. Um, I'm just, it was my plan all along right, to just move into the right. sauna forever. Um, It'll be like, I'll be like in solitary confinement, but voluntarily. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder... I, oftentimes I wonder about people who stumble upon our podcast and listen to it and it's like it starts out great <laughs> and they're like oh and then it even like rambles into something interesting and then at some point there's like 10 minutes of us discussing like personal problems that aren't even that interesting like <laughs> and you know somewhere it's punctuated by oh I learned something pony wall a short wall which is also like also sometimes called a knee wall um, but yes. well no a knee wall is different so a knee wall is oftentimes um like if you have an arched roof and you're making a room like in your attic, that wall is the part um, that like closes off the the tight corner so that it makes it look like there's a little short wall. But a, but a half yes. wall or like a pony wall is typically the way I've seen it referred to as like like counter height or a little bit lower. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Um, yes, that's exactly what. Yeah. This is. So do you have a? tip for living well in hell considering or wait should we do a color don't forget let's do a color okay hold on um let me let me pull up my um chart because i have this all charted out so um i don't remember what color we did before but that's fine because i'm going to pick a new color and uh this color is cadet blue so the color of the day 
um, is oh, Cadet color Blue. Of the day. And we're not going to tell you what day that is. So when you are on your day listening to this, it's probably that day, <clears> but we'll see. Um, it's for it's sure it's super that important, day. though. Like this color will. Um, so Cadet Blue is actually a great color because. Uh, so here, I'm going to send you a link so we can both talk about it because um, that's okay. important. Um, yes. And so, first of all, I mean, I've talked a lot. Yeah. So first of all, let's just get the color out of the way. So the values, the um, hexadecimal value for this color is ABB4C4. So if you're looking this up and you want to look it up yourself, um, you can just uh, have a look at those. Um, For you youngins, you might read that as hashtag ABB4C4 if you don't understand why there's a hashtag there, which it's not a hashtag. It's a pound sign. It's actually... No, it's a... um, it's an octothorpe so anyway uh an octothorpe yeah so or rgb values would be 171 180 196 uh cadet blue so uh approximately um so cadet blue is a i like so if you're looking at this um looks like a thundercloud yeah yeah it's kind of um to my colorblind male eyes, it's basically gray. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a blue gray as opposed to like a green yes, gray. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> anyway, it's uh, <laughs> it's cadet blue. Fantastic. It's going to save. It's a color yeah. that no one would ever choose for their bridesmaid dress. Yes. Yeah. Um. Someone has, um, someone I has could, for sure. I could see at like a Naval Academy, all of the napkins in the dining room being. This yes. Color. Yeah. Yep. Um, I love also if you Google the name uh, Cadet Blue, there's like a million different values for it. So. Um, oh, really? Yeah. It seems to be. Who can claim supremacy on the Cadet Blue issue? Yeah, I don't know. It's. um. Well, there's Cadet Gray, so uh, which is also maybe the same color. Anyway, the important thing is oh. this is the color of the day, and it's super relevant on the day that you're listening to this. Um, it's going to be relevant in your life. It's going to be relevant. It's going to express all of those things that you wanted to talk right. about um, and think about and express. Like It's definitely going to tie your outfit together. If you know about this color, you don't even have to wear it. You just have to know about it. Um, Yes. I'm trying to think what other amazing magical properties it's going to have. Um, or don't we... I'm trying to... Obviously, if you're not in on this joke, we're basically just mocking um, Pantone's color of the year bullshit that they've done right. for years now. Um, yes, and we're upstaging them by doing a color right. of the day. It's, it's better than color of the year. It's color of the day. Um, and we are just as qualified to talk about this as anyone in Pantone. Yes, uh, more so, more so. Um, uh, because we have a design, po- an art and design podcast. Like we are experts on this particular topic. Um, we have staked out our so authority. In this on regard. this particular note, I did want to point out that unfortunately, I'm trying to find my sources now, but I think there's actually a couple of um, some of our competitor podcasts have been moving to have um, a color of the hour, which would upstage us clearly. But I, I'm waiting to find out how they handle it. I feel like it's maybe too much. Like, I think we're kind of like the conservatives in this movement where it's like, you know, we're going to keep it on the day. Like, that would be insane. Like, have a, a new color every hour. Are you kidding? Who can keep up with that? No that would be insane. That. 
Um, but color of the day is manageable. Everybody understands it. It's really reasonable. Everybody recognizes yep. the day as a very valid unit um, of time measure. Like it's really easy to explain. Um, as yeah. opposed, to, most things you do. Once yeah, a as day. opposed to some arbitrary like thing like a year. Like that's nuts. Like who? That also, just keep up with the times, people. Come on, modern times, things move. That's quick. right. Anyway, that's my Get that's my it. color of the day is cadet blue. So I yeah. like it. I like it a lot. Yep, me too. Um, if you ever need to be taken seriously without doing anything to deserve it, wear cadet blue. Yes, <laughs> that is exactly how I would describe this color. <laughs> oh, is that cadet blue? You must be right. serious. <laughs> uh, oh, good, good stuff. stuff. Okay, I. Well, that's um, great. Yeah, I. I have to. Well, we're right on an hour. Um, so good job on us. And I'm gonna have to look at us. Not too short, not too long. We did the Goldilocks. We did the Goldilocks episode. episode. Um, yeah. So anyway, if you're listening to this episode and you made it to the end, good job. Uh, if you want to <laughs> complain about how frustrating it was to listen the entire time, um, you can also email us, and Dana will help you out. That's D A N A at fcbm.io. That's probably the best way. And then Dana will tell me, and I'll respond to you by saying, "Well, you know, you don't have to." Listen, <laughs> right. right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but by all means, if you're a glutton for punishment, yes, no, please do. Uh, I as we as we even mentioned in this episode, we do like getting, uh, mail, and we'll try to be interactive. If you definitely let us know um, in the email how you feel, I think generally we'll default to like not telling people's names or information, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But let us know if you want that or want at least some kind of mention or how we might refer to you. We'd be happy to do that as well. So. Yes. Okay. That's all I got. All right. Woo! Good job. Wash your hands. We Good almost stuff. made it. We're almost there. Oh, yeah. Wear a mask. Yeah. Wear a mask. Yeah. Wear a mask. Okay. Do, do it. Okay. 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 Bye.